Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Dane Zorko here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johannesson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans. It's Roy Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Most all Melbourne Football Club. This is Matt Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hello, friends. MJ from the Coaches Panel with a very special Ultimate Footy-focused podcast. Here on this episode, going to talk about all the new dual position players that have been awarded to us and now over at your Ultimate Footy team. You can go and check them out to talk through all of the 12 changes that we have. Yes, 12 changes in full. You can go and check out our thoughts on them at coachespanel.tv. But to chat through probably some of the more relevant changes that we do have, and there are some big gains that I want to talk through. I've got Jimmy on the line. Hello, mate. How are you? Hello, MJ. Hello, listeners. It's um, good to be back. I've got my boys back finally, which is nice. Um, and I do love a good draft chat, so this is good timing. Well, that's what we're here to talk about uh, after rounds 3, 6, 9, 12, and 15. For Ultimate Footy, they will award and have awarded additional player positions. They are already in your team right now. You can go and grab them. Uh, if they're in the waiver wire, if they're in the pool, they do have a little bit of uh, uh, timing around it. So depending on where your waiver wire priority is and how deep your squads are, whether or not there's players in the actual pool, you might need to use a waiver wire selection to be able to grab these guys. There are 12 players in total that have received an additional position. Four have been awarded back status. Two have been awarded center. And a pretty sizable six have been awarded forward status. And one of them is one of the biggest fantasy footballers in history. Jimmy, let's quickly work through the four players that have gained up back status. And one's really relevant for us, I suppose. The other three, depending on what you're doing, may or may not. But Essendon's Matt Galufi has moved from just being a pure centre to a centre and a back. Sean Attlee, the North Melbourne Kangaroo, is a forward and now a back. Josh Battle is a forward and now he's gaining back status. I suppose, mate, of all those three, maybe Attlee moves from someone that could become rosterable in your back line? Oh, look, I think he, he probably does to a point because he's he's going at around 70. He's got a little bit of ceiling to him. You need to get lucky with it. But um, he's, yeah, with the, the depth of defenders this year, seems pretty low at the moment. You know, you go looking on the waivers and you're struggling to get someone going 65s in a lot of cases. So uh, depending on how deep the, the league runs. So having a, uh, a defender who... You know, probably, uh, I think, safe to say, best 22, yeah. more likely than not. Um, so having him there, who, who should probably average around that low 70s mark for the year, is, is not a terrible option if you're running a, a little bit light. Yeah, and look, if in a, in a deep keeper league, or depending on the category scorings, you have it eligible. Josh yep. Battle gaining back status with a three-round average in the 60s is is certainly not horrible. I, I wouldn't be certainly yeah. using a waiver wire pick unless your category <laughs> scorings um, you know, are really favourable for him. But look, that that's handy oh. for you because he's showing some yeah. developing signs. He is, he is. And, but I think it's it's safe to say that of those three, there's it's nothing to get excited about. The UF haven't given us a big name as a a brand new defender, um, certainly for single season leagues, um, but uh, yeah, that's that's okay. We, um, you know, it is still very early days, and um, I think there's, there's there's merit in being patient uh, in some ways before uh, giving away too much. Yeah, probably the biggest um, 
back game for us as uh, ultimate footy coaches is probably Fremantle's Adam Chera. Got forward status, which coaches got pretty excited about. Rounds one and two were a little underwhelming in terms of what owners would have been anticipating. Last week, though, he delivered his first ton of the year, a 102 off the back of a 23 disposals, seven marks, five tackles. Um, I'm not sure if he's consistent enough to put him as an on-field option, but again, depending on the depth of your defensive line, he could all of a sudden become a, a great versatile option that, depending on the matchups, you know, you may be able to plug him into your back line if you need it. Oh, that's it. Very handy to have, um, especially in a keeper league. Um, mm. His value was pretty high already, you uh, you certainly weren't dropping into waivers uh, despite his scoring in the first couple of weeks. But um, he's having that uh, dual position back and forward is um, very, very nice. So, so yeah. um, every chance he is at mid-only for next year. But sure. um, if he puts a few more decent scores together this year, he'd, um, he'd be able to sell him very, very high if you wanted to or, um, or, or hang on to him and reap those longer-term benefits. Yeah, I think so too. Um, so I like that one. Yeah, I do too. There's a couple of gains um, for midfield line in our centre. Uh, Gold Coast Will Powell is a forward. He's now also got a centre status. Again, um, that's no real relevancy gain for you. That's just some versatility and flexibility for you. He's certainly not someone I'd be over the moon about putting him on, on the field um, in my forward line week in, week out. While I know he's had some decent scores um, in various packets yeah. of the year thus far, but, uh, you know, it was really, we're seeing a bit of a scoring drop away trend right now with that 103 round one, 74 round two, 51 round three. We're starting to get yeah. Will Powell. A little bit more where we'd kind of anticipated that we'd actually we, see him. We probably are, but um, but just quietly, he is one that I do think um, is worth targeting in a keeper league. Um, yep. Because of all of those things, you know, he's shown he can put a decent game together. He is getting the the right sort of role in uh, that Gold Coast midfield. Yeah. Um, and and he's still very young. He's got a lot of talent about him, um, and he's one that's gone under the radar for a lot. So I think. Um, and, and with those two lesser scores in the last two weeks, now might be the time to, to throw out a sneaky offer to, to someone to go, look, he's probably going to be mid-only now. He's um, not putting up some great scores. What do you reckon about a deal? And um, yeah, It's worth asking the question for a player like him, I think. Yeah, I don't mind that. And then the other uh, pretty obvious addition to the centre line for us is the guy that's right now the number one scoring forward in the competition with an average of over 130. I'm talking about... Port Adelaide's former captain, Travis Boak. Uh, again, the, I think the thing that adds for us here as coaches, we've seen now Ollie Wines back in, just the one game of data, but his midfield time wasn't impacted. It was more Willem Drew um, was impacted and and maybe to a lesser extent a, a Tom Rockliffe, but Travis Boak had that midfield role, which is fantastic for owners because chances are you got him in, in sort of that middle portion of the draft, you know, depending on how the draft was falling, but you certainly weren't using yeah. a top five, maybe even a top eight selection in terms of rounds. Um, and, and so to be able to pick him up in, you know, around eight, 10, 12, maybe somewhere in that portion of time. And now to get the returns you're getting is awesome. I, I think that the benefit for him picking up midfield status, apart from the fact that it was just an obvious selection is if your last on field midfielder, was scoring less than your bench forward, you've now got the opportunity, I suppose, to move that bench forward onto the ground, flip Boak onto the ground, and maybe gain three, four, five, six, seven points a game. Now, you'd have to have a pretty damn strong forward line to make it happen. But I suppose that's the benefit for coaches if you are running a bit weak in the midfield and strong in the forward line with Boak. 
Oh, absolutely. That um, that that flexibility, uh, flexibility, sorry, isn't something that should be underestimated either. Especially as the season goes on and the war of attrition starts coming, and we get more injuries, and uh, you're needing to cover more gaps, and um, or or even if you're just trying to use a, a handy loophole somewhere and uh, you know take an emergency score in your forward line, um, being able to throw both up to your midfield and, and not miss out on a a, a better forward than, than that last mid might be is a, a good way to do it. So, no, I don't mind that at all. It's, um, yeah, I don't think that should be overlooked. All right. Then there are six players that have picked up forward status, some really big names, some real relevant ones, and one that really ain't going to do nothing for you. Let, let's get the kind of not irrelevant one, but the less relevant uh, of all the <laughs> forward options. That is Michael Gibbons, the Carlton Blues. Yes, he had centre status. He's now gained forward. He's clearly taken on that role of the recently retired Matt Wright. I'm not sure if he's even worth a spot on your squad right now, given what he's averaging. Um, yeah. the, the only real thing that could be of benefit is if the Carlton midfield that they've got in there right now start to get impacted by some injuries. Given his VFL history, he could mm-hmm. be ones that Bolton looks to throw into the midfield, but that at the moment, based on what the role he's got over the three weeks and how that's really capping his scoring... You yeah. you need some big midfield injuries. You need Cripps to go down. You need Murphy to go down. Um, you need, um, well, he's a different player, a, a Fisher and a Petrovsky. You need these primary midfielders to get injured for it then to be worth going to go and pick up Gibbons. Oh, absolutely. And even then, it, um, it would take a, at least a couple, I think, before he gets any significant mid-time. Um, they've still got Kennedy waiting in the wings and others. So, um, Stockers. Yeah, Stocker hasn't got yeah. a game yet. Yep, so they'll... Um, There'll be those types, I think, that will be uh, more likely to get a run through the mids before Gibbons at this stage. I think they're liking the, the pressure role that he is applying up forward. He's not getting a heap of the ball himself, but uh, at times, um, and he's still finding his feet at the senior level, but at times he's having an impact. So yeah. I think um, that's yeah more or less where he stands. He's not one of uh, any real value to us, except in perhaps a very, 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 very deep keeper league if you can swindle um, a Carlton fan into trading for him. And when you mean very, very, very deep, you mean a non-existent one. All right, let's talk about a couple of other guys that are gained forward status. They've got back status, both these players. And again, depending on the depth and depending on the categories you have as scoring options, they could be relevant now. But definitely for keeper leagues, I'd be really keeping my eye on both these guys. I'm talking about Oscar Allen and Aaron Norton, both showing really great signs. And again, key position forwards do take their time and also have some inconsistent scoring. But we're seeing enough out of both of these guys that, again, depending on the depth, depending on the categories you have scoring, and if it's a keeper league or single season, they may be worth going to pick up if they're still available. Yeah, there's um, there's, there's room there. And, and both have shown that uh, they can, on, a, on their day, potentially have a bit of ceiling about them as well, which is nice. So um, they may not be ones that you want to put straight on field no. straight away, but uh, having them up your sleeve for later on, as you said, especially in a, a category or a keeper league, um, is not the worst option. And uh, again, that flexibility of uh, being able to field them back or forward, depending yeah. on where your uh, deepest line is, um, is a, a very handy thing to have. Yeah, look, and, and potentially you might get a great matchup. You know, one week where you go, okay, the, the side, and again, Alan's spending a little bit of extra time in that West Coast Eagles forward line as they restructure without, you know, Mark Lacroix from last year and, and still getting the rest of their team kind of back to full fitness, a la Josh Kennedy. But someone like a Norton, for example, if they've got a really friendly matchup where they've got really 
poor quality um, defensive tools and or their midfield's just going to be- get beaten up. That's where you do right. You've, you have those options to run him through there. Uh, Patrick Ryder has gained forward status to go with his ruck status. That's purely just because, you know, the recruitment of Scott Lysette coupled with uh, the injury to a Charlie Dixon Ryder's the better forward over the two. That's why he's getting plenty of forward time. He's also spending some time through the ruck, which is great. And again, depending on the categories um, that you have eligible, not only is it just versatility, but now it's like, well, depending on your forward line depth and depending on the scoring categories you have on, he may be enough to just get on the field for you in the forward line. Oh, it certainly is. And and the other thing with him too is that if, um, you know, touch wood, uh, uh, a life that um, happens to, to go down with injury or miss a couple of games here or there. Those, hmm. um, the rough limits for Ryder increase substantially, um, as do his hitouts and as does his scoring. So he's not a bad option to have stashed away. Yeah, no, I think so too. And then probably the two guys that are going to have the greatest impact for us, I think Ryder is one, but there are two guys I think are going to have the greatest impact for ultimate footy coaches uh, that have gained forward status. Uh, one of them is Ed Kerno. It's one of the significant gains. He now has picked up forward status. He's been a little bit inconsistent this year, and that's because of the move forward, where he's had the 113, the 46, and the 94 from the year so far. But I guess the big gain for coaches is he goes from probably being that last midfielder on ground, if at all, depending on the depth of your squads and, and the amount of coaches in your league, right through to probably being one of your top two, maybe top three forward options on the ground. So that's a huge win for Kernow owners. Oh, absolutely. And uh, and as, as we were saying before, that uh, if um, you know Walsh happens to be driving Murphy and Cripps to the game and uh, they get T-boned by a bus, um, Kernow goes cool. straight into that midfield um, and suddenly he's averaging 120 again. So <laughs> it's... Um, yeah, touch wood, of course. We yeah, hope that's that. not morbid at all, but, Jimmy. Uh, no. <laughs> but it's... Um, but yeah, the point being, he, he would be uh, you know, close to the top of that list to, to get a midfield role back again if one happens to open up, um, which is very, very nice. Um, and his scoring's not terrible in the role that he's got now. Um, yeah, he's still got room to, to put out some big scores, yeah. uh, even when he is playing across half forward there. Yeah, look, and you are going to see a bit more scoring variation. What Kerno owners would have loved over the past mm-hmm. few years with him is his real consistency and predictability that you can kind of build your side around. He was a, really not a sexy name for people, but because of his, yeah. you know, like, man, I know I'm getting an 85-plus out of him every week, you know, with a great ceiling potential. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to get more variation out of him, but you're getting now a guy who could be, and maybe f is a bit of a stretch, but probably definitely an F3. Yeah, oh, comfortably, comfortably. Um, and, and again, having that um, variation in scoring, Carlton don't have a, a whole lot of Thursday, Friday night games this year, thankfully, yep. uh, which means you're not going to be able to loophole in too much. So you are going to have to run that risk. But it is having um, that ceiling about him that, um, that really makes him worth owning. And, and those weeks where he does put up the, the big hundreds, um, you know, can win you a match-up. So... No, look, um, definitely worth holding on to. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and look, you know, full credit to Ultimate Footy on this one. Historically, and we'll talk about another name in a moment, historically when it comes to yep. bigger scoring impact players or bigger fantasy football names in the Ultimate Footy community, mm-hmm. they've been, maybe rightly or wrongly so, a bit more hesitant to award these positions that do have great impact for drafters. Yep. Um, and what I, I love about this one is, is they're pulling the trigger on a couple of really relevant names. So certainly hats off to mm-hmm. Ultimate Footy on, on giving it not just to uh, the young man in Edouard Cano, uh, but also to the little master, Gary 
Ablett. He has now picked up forward status. It was talked about all preseason that that's where Geelong wanted to spend him predominantly, still having some midfield time, but predominantly forward. We saw that in the JLT. We've now seen that over the opening three rounds. And when we talk about him, Jimmy, he was actually getting to the point, you know, he's got a three-week average of 81, just the one score over 90. That's a really drastic scoring drop-off for coaches. I don't think anyone thought it would be this big. Um, And he was, to be honest, Adlet owners would have been starting to consider, I think I need to move Gaz to the bench. Because, you know, the the scores we've been getting, you're going, look, he's now becoming my last midfielder on the ground. You probably paid a a price for him to be your third, fourth, maybe fifth, you know, if you are really lucky. All of a sudden now, you're going from a guy you're questioning is he, am I going to find a better option off my bench to, again, like Kerno, he should be pretty comfortably, you know, in your top five forwards for your side. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, the, and the thing with Gaz too, and, and as you said, hats off to them for making this change. I wasn't sure that uh, he would actually get it this time around because he has still uh, spent a, a bit of time in the midfield from mm. what I've seen of him yeah. playing. So, um, yeah, credit where it's due. He, I think we all recognise that he is a forward. And I think, uh, talking around the community, most coaches who drafted him did so with the intent of playing him in the forward line before the end of the season. So it's um, yeah, it, it's a, a good move. It has worked out well for those that did take him. Um, as you said, he's not setting the world alight with his scoring, but we all know what he can do on his day. So it's a very handy thing to have. Um, yeah, and, and credit for it coming now when it has. Um, but geez, they have missed a, a few others. Yeah, well, there's a couple of guys that I think that over time I'd be keen to see. I think there's there's probably four, five, six players like straight off the top of my mind. I know a lot of other coaches, we always sometimes have a little bit of our own beer goggles on thinking about all the guys that we see them get one possession in a particular area of the ground. We think <laughs> they're playing that line. It's like, well, no, just calm down, mate. They're a midfielder. They're allowed to go inside defensive 50. It's not netball. But, but I think there are a couple of guys that – Ultimate footy are clearly wanting more data on before they yep. pull the trigger on, um, rightly or wrongly. Look, they've given us some big names, which I love. Normally, we've just got yeah. nothing names in the first round. So I'm stoked oh, we've got some big names here. But there are yeah. some guys and, that and I think... And it is only the first round of changes. There's going to be more. And, and 100%. It's, it's been only a very small amount of data so far. So. That's right. Um, as you say, I like that they've given us something, but uh, I also like that they've not given us everything straight away. Yep, exactly. After round six, nine, 12, and 15, four more dual position opportunities for us. I, I think there's a couple ones that I go, they haven't played enough games yet. So generally three games is kind of the qualifier. So someone like um, North Melbourne's Tom Campbell, I think he'll get forward status, but he's just played the two games so far. Um, So I I think he's someone that in time should get it. Similar with um, Sydney Swans' Jackson Thurlow. He's just played the one game, which is a pure um, midfield gain. Uh, And again, if he keeps those roles, same with Campbell, they should be pretty safe options we get. But then there's probably two, three players that coaches... Might have been like, oh, geez, I thought they'd get it. But obviously for Ultimate Footy, it's not hit their qualifying data threshold yet, rightly or wrongly. Uh, And probably the most obvious one that the community would have been hoping for would have been Port Adelaide's Brad Ebert. Yeah, I think so. And uh, from from watching those games, had what seems to be a pretty clear role change. Um, But I can also see the counterpoint that um, traditionally he's been a midfielder for his entire career. Um, yeah, he's played through the, the mid there. Um, and even these first three rounds, he still spent time in the, in the middle. Um, not nearly as much as he did before, but uh, I think, yeah, it's 
not a terrible call to wait three more weeks to see what happens with him. Yeah, look, if he if he's still playing the identical role for the next three weeks, he should get it. Um, so Definitely. I, I yeah. would be thinking if I'm a Brad Ebert owner, you now he normally starts the year on fire and slows down late. But um, I'd be thinking if I was an Ebert owner, going, "Yep, be a bit disappointed he didn't get it." Sure, absolutely. But after yep. round six, if the role continues, I, I believe mm. Ultimate Footy are going to award that one. Similar for a Bailey Fritch, you know, yeah. he's, he's a little bit here, there, and everywhere for the first you know game and a half, whereas a fair chunk of round two and all of round three. You know, he was one of the key distributors off halfback um, for yep. Melbourne. It's probably similar. It's gone, look, let's wait to round six. If he's still playing that clear defensive role, he, he's got to be, you know, right in the mix. Yep. Um, oh, any others? Uh, look, I think um, there's a fair argument to be made for a, a lot of the other rucks. Um, yeah, that we saw Ryder get it because he is playing predominantly forward. But, sure. Uh, players, um, yeah, Nankervis is another who spent long periods in the forward line. Uh, already, yeah, and we're seeing a lot of Ruckman kicking a lot of goals. Um, yeah, Sinclair's another. Um, so I, I wonder if that might be a factor at some mm. point as well, whether some of them might get awarded it. Um, uh, but, um, but otherwise, um, uh, McCluggage is another I've spent I've seen spending a, a bit of time forward. Um, I don't think it's enough yet. Yeah, um, it's not a, a clear role change, but um, yeah, he's one that uh, I'd be keeping a little eye on as well. Yeah, look, I, I think, you know, you, you can, even in the comments section of, uh, you know, Ultimate Footy's posts and ours as well, uh, there's always someone that a coach thinks should get it. Um, the good yeah. news is it's just the first of the positional changes. We've got another four to come. Um, uh, and what's encouraging for me this year um, is we are seeing them giving bigger names uh, changes early. Um, and I really am pretty confident that at, at this current trend that they should make sure they nail all the correct ones. Um, I think so. Um, Mitch Duncan's another one. To yes. Get back yep. At some point, I think. Yeah. 100% agree with that. You know, coaches might have been hoping Bryce Gibbs picks it up. You know, he spent a lot of time off halfback lately. So, look, th- there is probably 10 or 20 other names that are there and thereabouts in the conversation. Um, but we've got 12 names, you know, four or five of them are really relevant for, for coaches, um, which will have an impact on leagues, which is exciting. Uh, if you want to go and read any more of our thoughts on these new positional changes, you can go and read the article now at coachespanel.tv. Hey, Jimmy, appreciate your thoughts on these new positional changes. No worries, mate. Always happy to chat to us. Yeah, I know you are, mate. There'll always be plenty of draft content coming to you at coachespanel.tv. We'll always keep up to date for you about the positional changes of Ultimate Footy, both through the articles and via this podcast, which you can get at iTunes and Spotify. Make sure if you've just come across the Coaches Panel, you subscribe, you like those podcasts, and you leave a nice five-star rating and review. And if you're loving what the Coaches Panel is doing, you can join our Patreon army and help support the Coaches Panel. You can do that at patreon.com forward slash coachespanel.com. Plenty of great rewards and exclusive content if you want to get involved in that. Look, good luck, draft coaches. We hope this week is a fantastic week. I hope all of your guys absolutely crush it this week and you have your best score ever. From all of us here at the Coaches Panel, we'll chat to you soon. 